You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for tuning in. As the walls close in on President Trump's White House and a criminal investigation into the 2016 election, we're hearing more and more from Trump and his supporters that there's a conspiracy afoot involving what they call the, quote, deep state or shadow government. This is the idea that a group of non-elected officials in the federal government is operating under the shroud of darkness to undermine and destroy Trump's presidency. My next guest says the deep state is real. In fact, he's largely responsible for popularizing the term here in America. But he says it's nothing like the shadowy conspiracy theory Trump and his followers claim it to be. Instead, he says it's a group of people who operate right out in the light of day. We know their names. We know how they pull the strings in Washington. In fact, it sounds a lot like what we were just talking about here in Michigan during the conversation we just had about term limits. Lobbyists, political donors, and other non-elected people do carry a lot of power over the policymaking process, says Mike Lofgren, who's author of The Deep State, The Fall of the Constitution, and The Rise of a Shadow Government. But these are things we can understand and do something about if we simply educate ourselves about how they wield influence. Mike Lofgren, welcome to Detroit Today. Good to be here. Yeah. So talk about the origins of this term, Deep State, and why you felt it was an important phrase to write about and try to explain to the American people. Well, I first read about it uh, actually in a John le Carre espionage novel uh, called A Delicate Truth, where he talks about people in banking, industry, tech, and so forth, who find out about classified things and know the thrust of government policy before government officials even learn about it. And this kind of applies to um, what we see, or as I describe the deep state, these are the big power centers, military-industrial complex, Mm -hmm. Wall Street, Silicon Valley, for instance, where essentially, if there's a banking bill going through uh, Congress, uh, somebody like Jamie Dimon at J.P. Morgan Chase mm-hmm. isn't just going to know about it before anyone else. He's going to be writing it, or his lobbyists will. Um, they have enormous uh, power over government. Uh, they've become a kind of aggravated status quo. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've always had the system going back to you know, uh, the Rockefellers and the Morgans back in the 1880s, and they certainly controlled state legislatures. Uh, But it's now uh, gotten to the point there is such an aggregation of power that I think we see reflected in income inequality in America that all of the gains virtually of the last 30 years have gone to the very top, Mm -hmm. and these people are having a disproportionate uh, influence on government policy, and it's become even more aggravated uh, with the Citizens United uh, and McCutcheon decisions of the Supreme Court basically saying that 
almost bribery is legal. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Uh, you say that President Trump is actually someone who fits your description of shadow government, which is kind of ironic because he's the one invoking it now to talk about this this conspiracy that he believes is aimed at his presidency. But, but what you were just talking about, uh, Donald Trump, before he was president, was part of this uh, infrastructure in Washington that influences government from the outside and is pretty unaccountable to the people. Well, he was part of the whole real estate uh, empire uh, that brought us the 2008 uh, financial meltdown. I mean, I saw how they basically uh, jiggered all the uh, regulatory agencies to allow various things to happen, like to have these securitized mortgages, mm-hmm. uh, mortgage-backed securities. Uh, and then when the whole operation collapsed, they promptly marched up to Capitol Hill and got a bailout. And he is part of that. He's also part of the big corporate media world. Mm-hmm. Ever since the 1980s, he's basically made his fortune by leveraging his name, by getting into the New York tabloids, by getting a, a network program, and so forth. So he's an immensely well-connected person. And by the way, his cabinet, I've never seen so many billionaires in a cabinet. It makes George W. Bush's cabinet uh, look like a Bolshevik workers' council by comparison. (laughs) Uh, This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Mike Lofgren. He's an author and a former Republican U.S. congressional aide. His book, The Deep State, The Fall of the Constitution and the Rise of a Shadow Government, is an insider's account of who really runs Washington, regardless of whose party is in power. We are talking about the idea of the deep state, a term that Donald Trump and his supporters are throwing around, uh, accusing those who are investigating this administration of sort of invoking that idea of a deep state, a group of unelected people trying to undo uh, the results of an election. Uh, is that really what deep state means? And is maybe Donald Trump part of the deep state that actually exists in Washington? If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Do you feel like you as a voter have any control or power over the decision making that you see in Lansing or in Washington, D.C.? Do you believe there is a deep state or a shadow government here in the United States or in Michigan? And what do you think it looks like? Who do you think is part of that infrastructure? As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag, hashtag Detroit Today. Uh, we will try to work you into the conversation. Uh, let's go to Brett. Brett and Ypsilanti, welcome to Detroit Today. Uh, thanks for thanks for taking the call. Sure, go ahead. Um, I wanted to kind of relate it back to the idea of like term limits and what is really holding up progress on issues and why it seems like our government continuously just stalls. Mm-hmm. Um, and then thinking about like gerrymandering and just partisanship and polarization um, and not really feeling like the district you're in 
it's like the way it's drawn is that even like a representative of neighborhoods or like a like connection of neighborhoods etc mm-hmm. but it seems like that might actually be something that connects the two parties in some ways is that they both sometimes benefit from gerrymandering it just depends who drew the lines mm-hmm. or that uh the partisanship does that really apply to the deep state or does the i guess my question would be does the deep state kind of cross cut across these party lines um and what does that mean for trying to address it um because if both parties benefit from a process uh i hear a lot of talk about repealing citizens united on both sides but it's or mostly just from the Democrats, sorry, but is that actually something that like would happen that uh, people would get behind? I guess those are my questions for the uh, speaker. Yeah, no, great uh, great questions, Brett. I, I appreciate the call. Mike Lofgren, uh, talk about what Brett is, is getting at there, this, this sort of cross-cutting well, yeah, interest. Yeah, the issue he raises is a very good one and a legitimate one, gerrymandering. I kind of look at that and the deep state as symptoms of the same underlying problem, which is democratic decay. Mm-hmm. Our liberal democracies are inherently fragile. They don't keep going by themselves. People think they do because we have these big anonymous institutions that's supposed to keep everything running. But if there's insufficient vigilance on the part of the citizenry, and that's, I mean, we can blame the public, too, because if people aren't well-informed, if they can't even name the three branches of government, they don't go to, uh, to vote. Uh, democratic participation in elections uh, is among the lowest of the uh, so-called advanced democracies uh, in the United States. Uh, if they prefer to watch, you know, Kim Kardashian or some song contest rather than figure out what happened to their money in the 2008 crash, which is a very complicated process Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, and requires a lot of learning and a lot of knowledge. If that happens, then it opens the door for all kinds of engineering, shall we say, in the state capitals or in Washington that nobody's paying attention to, the lobbyists get their way, and boom, you're living in a gerrymandered district, which in essence means your vote doesn't matter. Right, right. That's very that's very complicated, but also uh, very simple if you just sit and think about it. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Mike Lofgren, and we want to hear from you. What do you think about the idea of the deep state? What do you think of unelected and unaccountable forces influencing our politics? As always, the number is 313-577-1019 on the phone. Jane in Ann Arbor, Chuck in Brighton, and Phyllis in Warren. We will get to you when we come back. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, 
Thanks for tuning in. My guest is Mike Lofgren, author and a former Republican U.S. congressional aide. His book, The Deep State, The Fall of the Constitution and the Rise of a Shadow Government, is an insider's account of who really runs Washington, regardless of which party is in power. We are talking about the term deep state, where it comes from, what people think it means, and what it meant uh, when what it meant to Mike Lofgren when he wrote that book uh, about the deep state. We're also talking about what you think are the most powerful influences in Lansing or in Washington, D.C. When you go and cast votes for your representatives in those two places, do you feel like you have any control or power over the decision-making process. As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Let's go to Jane in Ann Arbor. Uh, Jane, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Sure. I have a, I have a comment and a question. Um, my comment is the deep state, as, as it's being described, sounds exactly like the swamp that President Trump swore he was going to drain. Mm-hmm. Um, and my question is, how was he involved in the securitizing of mortgages, and how does that benefit him? Yeah. Great questions, Jane. Uh, thanks very much for the call. Mike Lofgren, I'll let you uh, address that. Well, to the extent any of the big players were involved in that, uh, it facilitized their operations by uh, giving them an artificially low interest rate or, uh, in many cases, where a buyer was not qualified otherwise uh, some of these all a mortgages uh, would give them uh, a loan, so there were a lot of people who really weren't qualified for mortgages. And I would say after his bankruptcy, Trump probably wasn't qualified uh, to be leveraging so much capital mm-hmm. uh, to get these projects. Uh, so it's but not he so much did, went ahead and did it anyway, and we we saw the results. I mean, he. I'm just I'm not to pick on him. There were many, many actors in this whole operation, and it nearly sent the global economy off the cliff for right, a while. Right. Uh, so you're not so much saying that he was involved in the decision making about these right. mortgages, but that his he business was somewhere down the food chain. The people like Jamie Dimon. Uh, at J.P. Morgan Chase, Lloyd Blankfein at uh, Goldman Sachs. These are the types of movers and shakers who are making these things happen. And, oh, by the way, you know, 10 years later, they were still sitting in their corner offices. Uh, right, instead of maybe Nothing ever happened sitting in a courtroom defending uh, what they did. Uh, Jane in Ann Arbor, thanks very much for the call and the questions. Let's go to Bill in Ferndale. Bill, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, uh, and Dell actually, but oh, Dell. Okay, I'm um, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so I, the point that Mike made, I think it was two, maybe three calls ago. I've got had my radio off for a little bit in regards to the fellow from Ypsilanti called, made a point about um, the gerrymandering and redrawing the lines. But uh-huh. Mike made a really good point there about how it it isn't. You can't blame any one group or party or individual here. The the blame lies on both sides. So the people that are at home that are watching the Kardashians or that are clicking to their next Facebook post or whatever have you, they're as 
they are 100% as much to blame. And, and I, I'm right there along with them. And <laughs> I'm trying to change that right now. And I, I guess I, I can thank this, this current political climate for my desire to change my lack of knowledge on these things. To but pay more attention. If, yeah. If you, if you, it's the same thing as, as what will happen. You can look at it this in a much, much, much smaller uh, scale with a parent. A parent says, you know, I'll let you stay here at home with me as long as you follow these rules. And the, the child can either go along with that or go, oh, wait a second, maybe this isn't so great for my mental development. Of course, that takes a certain level of maturity on the child's sure. part, but that's kind of what we're talking about. That takes a certain level of maturity on us, the populace's part, to go, wait a second, we have a role to play here. And I think that part of the issue is that we actually want where we're at. Mm-hmm. There's, um, I forget what the phrase is. It's not Occam's razor. It's another one of those razors. But if you were trying to figure out what somebody is actually wants, look at the results, not what they say. Not well, what they say, what look they at the do. results of the country. Yeah. Uh, Dell, uh, great comments. And, and thank you very much for, for calling and sharing those with, uh, with us on the program. Um, Mike Lofgren, I, I, I would pivot just a little uh, from what Dell was talking about and ask specifically about media and the role that we play in making sure people are informed enough and educated enough and understand the role that they play uh, in pushing back against some of these interests that that, uh, that you're talking about. Are we doing our jobs? Uh, I would tend to think not, although I'm not pointing out anyone specifically. And I think public radio as a whole does a better job. They're at least a little more oriented towards the news. Uh, but how did Donald Trump get to be a known personality? It wasn't because of his wealth. There were lots of more people, more people who were richer than he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, his actual assets may be, you know, much less than we think. It was all leverage, but he did it via the media, the sure. New York tabloids, NBC gave him a show for nine years. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were giving him, according to the New York Times during the campaign, all this coverage was like a billion dollars worth of free advertising. The head of CBS, Les Moonves, said, oh, well, you know, this is bad for the country, but it's great for CBS's ratings. So certainly the media... Uh, plays a role, particularly when they engage in sort of false equivalency questioning about issues as if um, both sides are always legitimate and the truth is somewhere in between. The old joke goes... um, uh, most people think the earth is round, but some people think otherwise. We'll talk to some of them after the the break. Right, right. <laughs> That's not the same. It's not and the same. It's not the same. Right, right. Uh, Something. There are facts, and one of the unfortunate things uh, about the present situation is you get a number of people who basically want to fuzz up the distinction between truth and falsehood. Hmm. Uh, to the point where it becomes like the old Soviet Union, where nothing was true and everything was possible. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, again, Dell, thanks very much for the call and the questions. Let's go to uh, Phyllis and Warren. Phyllis, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Uh-huh. And I, I wonder if I have anything to say after all the intelligent conversation I've heard. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> but my comment basically hinges and fits into everything here. We do not have an intelligent electorate. We do not even have an electorate. Our people do not go to the polls to vote. And you will find many a person, well, you've talked about the ones you find, who will say the only important election is for president. Mm -hmm. That's not true. You start out at the ground level with your local people. You work your way up. You go through your state your then your uh, U.S. representatives, and then the president. president is just a lackey in the end. <laughs> but we do not have that. It doesn't seem to happen in our schools, and it doesn't seem to happen when we become adults. And the media, uh, speaking of the media, mm-hmm. I, I think that it has a lot of value for us, but I cannot see I have lost my vision and I'm in my late part of life I'm in my 80s and so I need to listen I need to listen to the radio Um, unfortunately I have a complaint against public radio it seems to take what is left over from the mass media in the TV sections NBC CBS ABC I want I want the public radio to take and go someplace else. I want them to be someplace else. And I do, I don't like the term limits. I don't like the gerrymandering. I don't like any of that. But in the end, there is a person sitting in a room, maybe eating dinner, and they know that there's an election coming up and they read nothing. They know nothing. They talk to no one about it. And this is not going to save our democracy. We will have a deep, dark state. We will have a deep, dark government. We will have deep, dark finance. We will have all of that because we do not have the people just Right. Standing there watching. Phyllis, I, I really appreciate uh, the call and, and the comments. Uh, Mike Lofgren, I've got about a minute left. Um, what, what, what sends us in the opposite direction here other than people? Well, I think one thing role? is not blaming some amorphous power when it's sometimes ourselves. And uh, I noticed this, and I'm going to give a shout out to a group of people who are vilified. It's always those bureaucrats in Washington or those bureaucrats in the state capitol or whatever. Well, you know, those are the people who run the Federal Aviation Administration. They make sure the planes fly. Or they're at uh, Centers for Disease Control. Uh, Keeping Ebola out of the country, uh, a disease with a death rate of 50%. Uh, these are the people who ensure clean water. And when they didn't do it in Michigan, it sure mattered. Mm, yeah. uh, so these people are not the deep state per se. Uh, they're mainly very dedicated people. Yeah. Uh, Mike Lofgren, author of the book, The Deep State, The Fall of the Constitution and the Rise of a Shadow Government. Thank you for being here on Detroit Today. 
enjoyed being here. Mm-hmm. That's going to do it for us today. I will be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow.